Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. The wonderful voice of Dick Warren there. Good morning. Thank you for being with us, my dear listener. Uh, another edition of The Coaching Show brought to you as it is each and every week for the last, what, 16 years uh, by Accomplishment Coaching. If you're interested in the world's finest coach training program, if you're looking for something that's ICF accredited, that's going to have you be successful and actually train you how to have a thriving coaching business as well as do incredible transformational coaching, check out AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Uh, my voice is uh, my own, even though I'm <laughs> in costume today for <laughs> Halloween. Uh, Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. In studio, we have a guest co-host today, the fabulous, the amazing, the gorgeously talented Clarice Connolly. Clarice? Hello. Welcome. Now, are you a coach? What do you do? I am a coach. <clears throat> I am a women's empowerment coach, and I help women push through stigmas, stories, old disempowered beliefs, and to support them in coming out back on top. Coming out or or Both. coming out on top? All the things. All the things. Coming out, disclosing, <laughs> recreating. How do, we, how do we find you? Empoweringwomen.coach. Okay, or just look in the last place you left, Clarice. Empowering women, <laughs> plural, dot coach, singular. Got it. Done. All right. Uh, anything, uh, Capital Coaches Conference happened this mm -hmm. month. It's behind us. I think that's it. There's a. We also had the ICF uh, Forward, their research piece uh, is, I think, happening actually as we speak. Uh, so those are two things. But I don't have anything else on my calendar for the rest of the year. Do you? ICF what? coaching, coaching. Oh, we have line. a lot of really. Oh no, we have a lot of really great ICF coaches that are going to be on. coming on here. Mm -hmm. Who mm -hmm. are some of the people? Mm -hmm. Give us some show notes. We have Who's Mark up? Hunter. We have the gentleman, the owners from Seven Paths. We also have oh David Peterson and David Goldsmith, mm -hmm. those guys. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Judy Feld. Yep, is yep. coming. The former mm -hmm. uh, ICF president. We've got Dr. Patrick Williams yep. coming on. He's Coach a big Meg. Deal. Coach Meg, oh, I like Amanda her. Blake, and we have a lot of really great people coming. Good, out. so we should stay tuned to this. Uh, you can find us wherever fine podcasts are available. Well, you found us; otherwise, you wouldn't be you Here. wouldn't be listening, right? Mm -hmm. um, anything else that we should talk about? We could talk more about accomplishment coaching. Do you feel like I gave them enough of a push there? Enough of a. Um, I think the most important part is that they offer like a no strings attached, sit like a fly on the wall and observe the programs from month two all the way to the month twelve, and there's. A city near you. That's right. What are the cities? Uh, Washington, D.C., Chicago, mm, New York City. We have Seattle, San Diego, and Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Beautiful places. Also, fly-in programs. Places. So uh, if you want to, you, if you live in any of those places, you could do the regular program. But if you are don't live in any of those places or near any of those places, you can fly in to a San Diego program. Sa flying into San Diego uh every other month or so for a year that's not bad right yeah i think it's like seven or eight flights that's it uh six or seven something like that no we can fight about this later all right anything else that people need to know before we get to our first very wonderful guest today we're going to learn a lot yeah uh, anything else we should be talking nope, about that's it all right. Um, well, uh, I want to boost Accomplishment Media. So we're now live at accomplishmentmedia.com. It took us a while to get ourselves up and running there and um, something just happened in my Ear. Did something happen in your ear? Yeah, okay, everything's all right. Um, uh, Accomplishment Media is now a one-stop shop for fine 
podcasts and written and publications that are useful to you as a coach or someone interested in self-development. Check it out, accomplishmentmedia.com. We had a soft launch, and uh, the big reveal is happening, I think, uh, tomorrow or so. All right. Anything else before we invite our delicious, delightful guest? Nope. I'm ready to go. Karen Walker is a consultant, an author, and an advisor to CEOs and senior leaders. She helps her clients grow their companies with successful outcomes that include IPOs, acquisitions, market share increases, and significant leadership development. Her clients are in 500 startups, Fortune 500 firms. She's also author of a book, No Dumbing Down, a no-nonsense guide for CEOs on organizational growth. Uh, we're delighted to welcome to our microphone Karen Walker. Hello. Hello, and good morning. Thank you for being here. Look around outside. Where do you find yourself? I am in Jupiter, Florida this morning after a late night flight back from Atlanta. Uh, I'm looking out at the Loxahatchee River as it spills into the Jupiter Inlet, and uh, the sun is shining. You are like a Jupiter booster. That is. That sounds, <laughs> I want to be there now. I know. I'm going to go there. <laughs> it it's... took a lot to get me to move out of Vermont, and uh, this is part of what did it. Wow. Yeah. Vermont, another beautiful place. Karen Walker, you have one of those names. People hear Karen Walker and they may think of a designer. They may think of other types of athletic coaches, all named Karen Walker. Uh, tell us how to find you if we're looking around on the web. Yes, well, I, uh, I must say that often when people hear my name, it makes them smile. And uh, that has less to do with me and more to do with uh, the Will and Grace show. So, uh, oh, nice. Yay! I love Karen show. Walker, right? Uh, who I do not do not attempt to emulate. No, but, uh, you don't yes. feel like they're, that's secretly your alter ego or anything. Well, you know it is Halloween today, so yeah, you know. I think of Walkers as the Walking Dead, but that's yeah. just where my mind's at. It's Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can find me uh, KarenWalker.us is uh, my URL www.KarenWalker.us uh, and Twitter, Instagram, it's KarenWalkerUS, uh, and then LinkedIn is Karen.OneTeam O N E T E A M. Great. We'll say that many more times in case people didn't catch that. All right. Uh, let's talk. You are privileged to walk the, you know, the prestigious halls of America's organizations, and I assume that includes mega corporations and global organizations. What's the one thing, if you could wave your magic wand and create a one difference for leaders in large organizations, what would you create? Yeah, it's a really good question to begin. Uh, and I, I definitely feel privileged to walk these halls uh, and, to, and to connect over the, uh, the airways with, uh, with my clients. Um, they're an amazing group of people. I think one of the good things about uh, being an independent coach is that I'm, I can choose my clients. Mm -hmm. um, and as you know, this work is so intimate in a way that um, you really have to have a, a good connection. And it is a privilege uh, to find it. So the, the one thing I think um, if I had a magic wand and, you know, I'm just going to go with this Halloween thing because I can definitely have a magic wand today nice. uh, yes. is to help um, to help people really understand um, their blind spots about um, the dumbing down that goes on in their organizations. Um, I think um, all of my clients and certainly, you know, the vast majority of people get up in the morning and they go to work and they want to do do the right thing. They want to work at their potential. They want to contribute to the organization. Uh, very few people go to work just for the benefits. And um, and yet uh, we get to the office um, or we uh, log into our computers and we're really not in situations where we're allowed to work at our potential and to contribute everything we have to contribute to the organization. It's a good point. Uh, so I heard two things there, blind spots 
there are things that leaders are not hearing or not getting feedback on or not being able to see for themselves. And the second thing is the dumbing down. Will you say more about what you mean by dumbing down in the corporate culture? Yeah, so what happens in organizations, and I know this both from my my uh, many years at um, Compact Computer, beginning when it was a startup with no revenue and then exiting 14 years later when we were at about $15 billion, is I, I, was, I was fortunate to be part of a, a very rapid growth scenario uh, where we went from, you know, like no revenue to $111 million the first year. So there was, there was a lot of growth going on, right? And growth covers a lot of ills. Um, but what happens in organizations is that uh, I believe people can only work at the sort of the level of the lowest performing member of their team. And this happens at all levels in the organization, but a, a team can't function above that lowest performing member. Uh, and I, I don't believe enough attention is paid uh, and that it is a blind spot, uh, particularly for CEOs and senior leaders who believe that, you know, everything um, is going as well as it can be, uh, that people really just don't see uh, the dumbing down that goes on. And, and dumbing down is what causes high performers, our A players, to not want to work uh, with teams or work with others to, to really go it alone. Um, and I, I think that comes out in organizations with what I call over-applied individualism. Um, I grew up in Texas, and so there was certainly a lot of emphasis on, um, on individualism. And, <laughs> John and I Wayne to, and low bid built this country, that's right. Exactly. Uh, and I had to learn as a, as a young manager that just because I could put my head down to get things done didn't mean that other people would follow me. <laughs> and, uh, and that even the way that I was getting things done wasn't necessarily the, the right way or the best way. Um, and so I think taking care of blind spots, um, being on the lookout for overplied individualism, um, and then really thinking about cultural constraints in an organization, right? So, so what is it in the organization that gets rewarded in terms of behavior? Um, th those are really the three things to, to, to look for in terms of no dumbing, in terms of dumbing down in the organization. I spent, uh, Clarice, jump in any time, but I'm just going to keep rolling until you do. Um, I just spent the beginning of my week in a, in a training with mm. uh, some training some people to bring coaching skills to their management roles, right? Bringing yes. coaching skills into organizations. And I think that we think that's a great idea. Right. We all say, oh, yeah, we need we need better communication. We need to ask people open ended questions. We need to listen when people talk. Right. We need to listen maybe to the unsaid, all those all those great coachy things. But when when we got down to it, after we had done some training of skills, what we ran up against is that these people don't know how to implement any sort of change in their organization and especially a change that's not bought into and and or dictated from above. Do you have. Um, I'm sure you have experience with that. Do you have some some skills or directions or tips for people who want to bring organizational or cultural change inside an organization? Oh, absolutely, right? It's um, There's constant change today. I actually often say to my clients that if, if you think you're in a steady state, you know, that's another blind spot. You're actually in mm -hmm. decline. There is no steady state in, uh, in the world today. Uh, and so uh, everything is changing and changing, and as we all know, at a much more rapid pace than it has in the past. Um, so I, I think a couple of things around change. One is just to recognize the process of change, right? That, that, that as human beings, we go through a process. It was well documented by Kubler-Ross back in the day, and that just in terms of shorthand, we can say is sort of first a, just a denial that the change is happening, uh, that it will mean something to me, and then resistance against the change. 
that it may be happening, but I don't have to go along with it. Uh, and then finally to get people over into exploration and, uh, and commitment to whatever the change is. Uh, and if you don't understand those processes um, and that it takes um, time for people, depending on their history to change, uh, to go through those uh, parts of the process, uh, that you can have a really tough time getting change implemented. I remember working once with a, was a large Fortune 100 insurance company, and this company had been through three or four CIOs in a period of two, two and a half years. Mm, I've worked um, at a company like that. <laughs> exactly. And so the, you know, what happened is that people who had been there for, for decades um, would see a new person come in with change ideas and they would just put their head down, right? Mm -hmm. This too will pass me over. Uh, and it did a couple of times. Uh, and then eventually one came um, who um, both understood the process and um, allowed um, people to work through that. Um, and was able to really implement some good change. I appreciate that. Clarice, guess up? Yeah, you're, you touched a little bit on the behaviors and some of the processes, but what are some of the tools that you find are still stuck in the status quo, like lacking the agility and responsiveness to be able to keep mm. up with this change? Yeah, I'd, the number one thing that I like to pay attention to is how do people deal with ambiguity or uncertainty? Uh, because when you're going through change, there is a lot of that. And as we know, the first thing people want to know is, what does this mean to me? That's mm -hmm. that's a, the human question, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the more you can tell people um, up front about that is important. And then, to, of course, just to let them know when you'll be able to give them more information. Um, a fair amount of my clients go through acquisitions, mergers. Um, those are always great times of uncertainty for mm -hmm. employees because... Who knows what's going to happen to their job, what's going to happen to their boss, what's going to happen to, to the, the comfort of what they knew as their old company. Uh, and so giving people information that you have, being as transparent as possible, and giving them some light at the end of the tunnel um, are very useful. Um, but also helping them understand that, that this uncertainty is normal mm -hmm. uh, and some tools for, for dealing with ambiguity themselves. First of all, it's just to to recognize uh, that it's part of the process. I think that um, one of the things that I'm struggling with myself, and maybe you could speak to this from your sort of lofty uh, perch, having seen <laughs> seen it not only from the inside of an, of an organization over a compact computer, but also in the startups and the Fortune 500 companies you work in. One of the things in my company I'm butting up against is that you know, there are people that I love and am completely and forever indebted to who supported me in building my company, right? Mm -hmm. And we got to a certain level and it's lofty and I'm happy and everything's good, but now I'm ready to take the company to the next mm -hmm. iteration, right? So it's a, it's gotten to a certain level and like you said, I don't want to, there's no such thing as steady, right? I want to keep growing and developing. And now these people who have been so critical to growing to a certain point are seemingly in the way like they're resistant you know every idea I bring seems like they're opposed to it automatically and immediately and um, I'm struggling because on the one hand I want to acknowledge their incredible and immense contribution mm. but on the other hand they kind of seem like they're in the way yes um, there's a great book called The Alliance by Reed Hoffman mm. I don't know if you've been exposed to that or not I know um, him I don't know the book yeah Yes, yeah, so uh, embedded within the book um, is this concept of the tour of duty. And um, we've implemented this really successfully in a couple of different uh, growth startups. And that is that um, uh, the CEO, the leader of the organization, 
has a conversation with employees um, once a year or so about um, a couple of things. One is, what do they, why are they there, right? What do they want from the organization in terms of their development over the next um, 12 to 18 months is the timeline we've set. Um, and then to be explicit about what the organization expects back from the employee, right? And so that allows you to have a conversation about what's going on in the organization, where it's going, what sort of skills might be needed in the future that the employee doesn't currently have. Um, it gives them an opportunity to develop or to, to know that they need to develop and to take steps to do that. Um, or sometimes just to say, hey, I'm only here for you know, this 12-month period, or I'm only here to complete this one project so that I have it on my resume and then I can go on to something else. Um, or perhaps, you know, I want to be here for, you know, the next 20 years. And so to do that, I can see the sorts of skills that I need to get. Um, the tough spot comes when, as you describe, you're at a place where you need something else that the employee isn't currently able to give and you don't have the time to develop them. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point, you have to realize that the the alliance uh, between the, the corporation and the employee um, has sort of come to a, a natural, what I think of as a natural conclusion. Great. So don't um, don't belabor it. Uh, there's uh, mm. any any incentive ideas you have for either a situation such as mine, where I want to you know sort of pat people on the back as I mm. wish them well, or others that are actually working. Uh, in organizations that you've seen. I'm aware, for example, of some organizations where they've eliminated PTO and they say, you know, just take the time that you need, which of course results in less people taking time off, they found. <laughs> Any other incentive programs that either work or don't work that you know? Um, incentive programs in terms of getting people to perform wide, or wide, to leave? Wide open. I'm, I'm oh, giving you both sides of the coin awesome. so you can yeah, yeah say <laughs> what you want. Yeah, well, I think uh, the most important uh, basis for an incentive program is that you reward the behaviors that you want, right? Uh, we so often get out of alignment. We say that we want X, but when it comes down to it, we reward Y. And when you do that, um, it's A, confusing for employees, um, and B, it um, opens you up to uh, getting the kinds of behaviors that I, I think you don't want for the long term. Um, and so um, I have been around companies who've said we don't have a PTO policy. I think in, typically employees like to have some boundaries. Um, what they don't like to have is a straitjacket um, because when <laughs> you're working, you know, 60 or 80 hours uh, in, a, in a week to sort of get something over the finish line, um, it's nice to get, you know, a recognition of that and a reward of that that can include some, some extra days off. Uh, but I think rewards and incentives for me, certainly we need to stay competitive in the marketplace. That's what um, compensation is for. Um, I think tying people's uh, best self-interest to the organization through giving them options or some small ownership in the organization is uh, beyond useful. Um, but the, the more important things, I think, are uh, people feeling like their work matters. They can see a, a straight line between what they do and um, an impact on the organization. Um, and uh, people feeling like their work is respected both by their managers and by their colleagues. With that awareness, I just want to apologize to Clarice. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking, I was like, well, you've got all the CEO questions, and I'm over here as, like, the employee. Like, oh. well, all right, what could the CEO be giving us to handle, you know, these said unexpected events, you know? Cl Clarice, so. <laughs> please take your, take your complaints to HR. Uh, seriously, do you have something for Karen? Yeah. Like, so I'm just curious from an employee's perspective, you know, mm -hmm. 
what could we expect like a CEO or a manager to um, support us in, you know, these unexpected events and to be able to prevent, you know, the company as a whole from getting off direction and undermining, you know, the current critical strategies. Yeah. You know, I would, I would counsel or coach that um, ask for what you want. Right. Um, I I think this has to be a, a conversation about, what's best for the organization, uh, best for the team, and best for the individual, and not try to maximize any one of those variables, but to mm-hmm. optimize uh, optimize so that uh, that everyone gets um, their needs met, not necessarily all their wants, but get their needs met. Well, it, it brings up a question for me, which is more and more we're dealing with these sort of cataclysmic or catastrophic or crisis events, right? Whether it's a an internal thing like a a problem that somebody posted on the company's Facebook page or something like that, right? Or um, I've just become aware of something called spear phishing in the cyber world where uh, people can can actually hijack each other's emails and send things like, hey, make that that bank transfer now, CFO, and things like that, (laughs) right? Where, um, you know, companies are dealing with all kinds of crises and... uh, uh, corporate espionage and all sorts of things these days. What what advice do you give or what sort of counsel or support do you give leaders when they're dealing with a crisis? Yeah, I think uh, preparing for the crisis ahead of time, of course, is important, um, both in terms of having a very solid cybersecurity um, organization or plan um, within the organization. Uh, and then secondly, you know, I believe in not having a lot of rules, but being clear about the ones that you have and following them. So, you know, what what is your, your policy around those things? Um, what is the right thing to do for the organization? Uh, and then walking the talk uh, that's associated with that. So if employees are found to be doing those sorts of things, you know, that might, in my organization, be a one and done. Yeah. It's a, it feels like threats on every side, right? What is your approach to or belief around leadership development? Mm. Well, I believe organizations can grow more effectively if they invest in leadership development, right? Because as the organization grows, uh, what's currently the senior leadership team will be taking on larger and larger responsibilities, which means that the next level down needs to be able to take on more and more responsibility. And so I, I typically when I go into an organization, I'm working with the CEO and her or his leadership team, um, and then the, the sort of the very next place we go is to develop that next level of leadership so they can take on more responsibility. Um, I believe in helping people understand their strengths, um, where they overapply them, that can be a problem, um, and what their development needs are, both for their current job and for their next job uh, that they're looking for, um, and then making sure that they have the, the support system uh, to help them develop it, they're interested in developing. I feel like the the re, 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 repeat message that I'm hearing behind is a lot about preparation and a clear path. In other words, it sounds to me like you really support people in being clear on what where they're going, where they headed, either as an organization, as a leader, as an individual, or as a as a team member. Am I picking up what you're laying down? You are. I think that's a, like a core responsibility that each of us has. Um, it's it's too easy easy in today's busy world, uh, just to you know to get caught up in um, sort of the uh, the urgency of the day, without stepping back and really making time to think. And I think this happens at all levels, 
uh, both in the organization as well as in our uh, many personal lives, uh, and that it's critical uh, to schedule time for yourself to think about personal development, to think about organizational development, to think about strategy on both of those levels, um, and to know that nobody else is going to schedule that time for you. <laughs> right? The, the organization will always, just by its nature, take as much time as, um, as anyone can give it. Uh, for organizations in particular that are growing. And so to be clear about, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What are my goals? Uh, both so you know when you've been successful, A, you've reached your goal, uh, but also that you can make sure those goals are align aligned with sort of the longer term um, aspects that you're thinking about for yourself. Clarice, you have one more question, given the time <laughs> that we've got together. Yeah, I guess we have only a couple minutes left. Um, oh. What's something that people need to know or why they should go out and get No Dumbing Down? Ah, well, No Dumbing Down was written for CEOs and senior leaders, and, um, and I believe that a much broader audience benefits from it, in part because of the leadership development question that you asked earlier. Uh, there was a great book. You know, you always had titles you wish you could have had. Uh, one is uh, by Ram Sharam called What the CEO Wants You to Know. Hmm. And um, I think that's part of what's contained in, uh, in No Dumbing Down. Um, so it's written for senior leaders because I believe only senior leaders have the, both the bandwidth and the view and actually the incentive uh, to do the bigger, broader things that will sustain change in the organization uh, and make it both a good place to work as well as an effective and efficient, um, scalable organization. Um, I believe that um, others in the organization and actually those that are funding the organization in the case of any VCs or private equity, um, will benefit from knowing that these are the things that must be paid attention to and for employees they're the skills that you need in these five different areas uh, in order to advance in the organization and to be a fully contributing member. Beautiful. I also want to give you a, a little bit of a, a leeway here with my last question which is simply uh, if you had something to say to 50,000 coaches or so today if you wanted to <laughs> give us a direction or a parting thought or a parting shot today what would it be? Uh, oh, yeah, for the coaches in the world, I think the, the number one thing to pay attention to is just belief in yourself, right? Uh, that you don't have to know all the answers. This is actually the same thing that I would say to CEOs, right? You don't have to know all the answers. You can't know all the answers. It's not possible. Uh, what you can do is bring in a toolkit, uh, which is made up of your experiences uh, and your value system, into uh, an organization, into a relationship. Uh, because we never know what's going to happen when the door is closed and our, uh, the person we're working with starts to speak with us. Um, so your, your responsibility is to be present in that moment with the tools that you um, have accumulated uh, in your past and then to work with the person uh, in order to find a better outcome to the situation that presents itself. Uh, but, but not to get caught up in, I have to, have to know the 49 techniques or the 16 ways to do this or that sort of thing. It really is more about being present to what's going on and then bringing all those parts of yourself and pulling them out of the other person to, to work on the, the situation. Beautifully said, and we've been delighted to have you with us. Thank you so much. That woman is Karen Walker. You can find her on the web and uh, Twitter and Instagram by going to karenwalker.us. That's K-A-R-E-N-W-A-L-K-E-R.us or Karen Walker US for Twitter and Instagram. If you're on LinkedIn or when you're on LinkedIn, go to karen.one, spell it out, O-N-E, team, T-E-A-M. The book, 
No dumbing down. Get it immediately. Use it with your clients, especially your corporate clients. Karen Walker, thank you so much for being with us. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks. Well, we learned a lot, didn't we? We did. Absolutely. I've got some support and direction for me, and you've got some clarity for you, the employee. When we come back, uh, would you want to tell us who's coming up? Deanna Nunez. I saw her live. This is going to be very entertaining. She's a lot of captivating energy. It's going to be a great episode. Great. She's also a motivational hypnotist as well as a coach, Mm -hmm. trainer, and professional mindset speaker. So I'm going to prepare to get my mindset blown. Mm-hmm. All right. It's for all you skeptics out there. I'm bringing it on. All right. I'll be right here <laughs> right after these words. Stay with us. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, Required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today.